forward. Amen. How many of us are ready to follow the Lord forward? Amen. Not backwards, but forward. Amen. So if you can stand with your feet uh, this morning, uh, I would like for us to turn to Isaiah 43, chapter 8, I mean, chapter 43 of Isaiah. We want to read verses 18 and 19, and then we're just going to let the Holy Spirit uh, say what he has to say to us on today. Um, I don't know about you all, but sometimes you, you, you wrestle, amen, and I wrestle with this word simply because right now in my, in my life, things are pretty good, but I know tomorrow it, the devil can come in and cause confusion, Amen. So I was trying to make sure that my happiness right now didn't transfer into over into the word. But all this week, um, this word has been in my spirit, new. Amen. That I'm doing a new thing. Amen. I'm doing a new thing in your life. Amen. And it's up to us to receive what God is doing in our lives. Amen. So for Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says this, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. Amen. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall it not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this afternoon thanking you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for our overseer and our senior pastor once again. And God, we just ask you that I decrease, that you may increase, and I may say something to encourage all of our hearts on this day. Bless us in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated. As stated, um, I just wrestled with this new thing. And in Bible study on this past Wednesday, um, I got real excited when we got to a certain scripture. And, and it's because that's where God was dealing with me at. And that first scripture led me to 1 Corinthians 5.17. And it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So each one of us that have accepted Jesus Christ as personal Savior, we no longer old things. Amen. We're new things. We're a new creature. Amen. The stuff we used to do, that ain't part of our lifestyle no more. It's a growing process, yes. But we, we, we grow into the things of God. It's called spiritual growth. Amen. And that's what God is saying, that, that you are new. So when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we become new and we revert back to a, what is called a baby's life or a baby stage. Amen. Where, where the word of God starts to come to us in baby stages. We learn about God. We learn about Jesus. We learn about the Holy Spirit. We learn about his works. We learn about his miracles. We learn about all his promises. But God doesn't want us to stay in the baby stage. Because new things grow. Even when you get a new car, it does grow old, doesn't it? <laughs> Amen. It smells fresh new. and it's, it's all You got all the things working. But eventually, it's going to get old. Amen. Well, what God is saying, in the spirit realm, we don't get old. 
We're a new creature. We, we, we have been recreated. Even though our, our bodily body is, is maybe decaying, maybe falling all apart, maybe going through some issues, but our spirit man is alive unto God. And I, how many of us want a young spirit? Amen. I want a young spirit that's able to, to let's, let's go do this for God. Amen. And the second scripture that stood out was Romans 12, 2. Because when we become new creatures, Romans 12 and 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So once we become new creatures, we got to renew our minds. See, we, we can't have the old thinking. See, the old thinking says that we're always going to be broke. We're always going to be disgusted. We don't have a future. We don't have uh, salvation. That when we leave this earth, you know, we, we, we're going to, to, to hell if you haven't accepted Jesus. All these different things are going through our minds. But the Bible tells us that we need to renew our minds. And when we renew our minds, we're renewing our minds by the word of God. Amen. You're not just uh, picking up a self-help manual. You're not picking up uh, 21 ways to do this, 25 ways to do that. But you're reading the word of God. You're renewing your mind in the spirit realm. Amen. And when you, be do when you begin to do that, you begin to grow. Amen. Now, as we're growing in the Lord, this is what God says that he would do for us. And this is where I, I just get excited. I, I, I don't know about you all. I just love the word of God. All of a sudden, it's just, it's just passion to me. And it's not all of a sudden. I think I love God. I love him all my life. But I tell you what, when we went to Mississippi, and I tell you that revolutionized my whole thinking about worship. Uh, before, you know, it was, you would get to the gate and you would stop. But how many know when we got in the presence of these uh, particular, uh, a different culture, uh, different music, different lyrics, different everything, they took you into the presence of God. And before you know, you know, a man can get up on a stage with just a guitar in the men's section. He, he got up with just a guitar. And before uh, 20, 30 minutes later, all those men, over five or 600 men, however many it was, were falling out, praising God with just a guitar. Amen. Where was the drums? Where was the bass? Where was the organ? Where was the keyboard? All those things wasn't there. It was the words of the song. They became life to us. And that's what God is saying here. When we renew our minds, the word is going to become life to us. And when it becomes spirit to us, now we can prove what the things of God. Now we can prove that you can be healed. You can prove that he's a savior. You can prove that he's a deliverer. You can prove that he's who he said he is. Because now your mind has been renewed from old thinking. Amen. And this is what got me. James 16, verses 13 and 14. And we know how we've been talking about the Holy Spirit overseer had us, has us in uh, the lessons on Holy Spirit on Wednesday night and on Sundays. But when I came across this scripture, this is just, just set me out. It says, how be it when he, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, but he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He shall show you new, show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Now, what I love about this scripture is that when the Holy Spirit comes to us, he's not coming on his own. He's coming on because God wants him to come speak into our lives. 
And when he comes to speak to us, he's not speaking what, 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 what he wants to say, but he's speaking what he heard the Father say. And, and that, that really, I don't know about you, like I said, it just fired me up because that lets me know that when the word of God, when God is speaking to your spirit, when he's telling you to do things the right way, when he's telling you to love your neighbor, when he's telling you to, to love your wife better, to love your, your husband, to love your family, to love your church family, to, to treat your pastors right, that's not coming from, from something made up. That's the spirit of God coming for you specifically to help you get along in this life down here on this earth. Now, that excited me because when I'm going through, when you're going through, don't you want a word from God? Yeah. Amen. Don't you want the Holy Spirit to speak to you? The, this scripture is letting us know that when God speaks to you, he's going to send his Holy, his Holy Spirit. It's going to speak to the spirit that is within you. And what he's speaking to you, he heard it come from the throne of heaven. Amen. Now, that's something to get excited about because that ain't my homeboy around the corner. That ain't your sister you gossip with on the phone. Amen. That's not the person you talk to each and every day. But that is Father God sending you a word to help you in your situation. Now, that's something to get excited about right there. If you don't get excited about nothing else, know that the Holy Spirit is alive and active in your life. And when God wants to speak to you, he's going to speak to that spirit and it's going to come down and speak to you. Not only is it going to speak to you, but it's going to show forth in your life. Amen. And he said, and it also says that he, 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 he's going to do what he's seen his father do. And that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm happy because, you know, sometimes, you, you know, I, I ain't got to the shouting point where you're going to, you know, cut a step. Um, some, I saw somebody at, at, at somewhere, and they was like, Elder, I remember you get all excited. And, all. and I said, I'm getting close. <laughs> because when you understand what God has done in your life, that we're new creatures, not only that we're new creatures, but he speaks to us on a daily basis. Not only does he speak to us on a daily basis, but he gives us instructions from the Father. Amen. That's why the Bible lets us know where it says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father God. When you know not to pray for, when you utter out that unknown tongue, the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. So when Jesus is making intercession for us, now God sends the word back to us through the Holy Spirit and lets us know that we're going to be all right. You're going to get through this situation that I got this, that the miracle is on its way. That's something to be excited about. Now, let's look at our scripture text. Isaiah's writings to the children of Israel came at a bleak point of their history. They are in captivity. They have lost everything. They thought that they would keep forever. And they were homesick for the land and the blessings God had promised them. The scripture pictures a new exodus for for a people once again oppressed. As the Israelites had been slaves in Egypt before the Exodus, they would cry to God, and again he would hear and deliver them. They would, they would cry to God, and again he would heal, hear and deliver them. A new Exodus would take place through a new wilderness. The past miracles were nothing compared to what God would do for his people in the future. Amen? So, so they're about to enter into a new wilderness. So what happened in the old wilderness, the wilderness that they just came out of, ain't going to work in the new wilderness. Amen? Let's keep that for a thought. All right, so let's look at our first step to embracing the new things that God wants to do in our lives. 
The first thing is that we got to change our focus. You know, our focus is, is whack. It tells us in verse 18, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. So we got to forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. If you are continually looking behind you, you can't see where you're going. True statement? If you're always looking back, you're going to trip, you're going to bump into something, you're going to fall off the cliff, you're going to do something because you're not looking forward. So, you know, we don't forget the past because what I've learned, the past is what gives us the victory today. And what I mean by that is that each victory God has given you in the past sets you up for the victory for today. Because you remember that he took you out of debt. He took you from being uh, uh, in darkness. He took you and placed you in this marvelous light. He gave you all these different things to get you to the point you're at now. So you build on past victories. Amen. So you don't forget them, but I'm not going to keep looking back. Because we're trying to figure out what God is doing today. Amen. What is he doing today? Now, if, if, if you want to stay in the 60s, you can stay back there. Amen. But it's 2014 and we need to know what God is saying today. We need to know what God is speaking to our spirit today. Amen. And it's not discounting. You can't discount what happened in the past. You know, you know, sometimes you, you get talking to members. You get to talking to old members. Remember this. Remember that. Remember this. Remember that. And it, sometimes I just want to say, what, what are we going to do now? And the reason why, because if we're not preparing for the now, we're still looking to the past. And we not, if we keep looking to the past, we're going to miss what God is telling us to do today. Because we're trying to do it like we did it in the past. So if you want better relationships, let's ask God for what you're saying to us to do it now. If you want more love, you want people to love you, let's ask God how he wants to do it now. I can't do it the same way I did before because my attitude was messed up. I had issues. You may have had issues. But now that God has came in and made us new creatures, now we can love effectively. Because you're not giving out your love. You're giving out the love of Christ. So when you acting all ignorant towards your friend or to your brother, to your sister, you got to think, is that God-like? Because if you have the God kind of life, the Zoe kind of life, all we give out is goodness. All we give out is joy. All we give out is pleasure. We don't give out goofiness. We don't give out hatred, bitterness. We give out love. And, and, and when you give out love, people going to want to be around you. But when you're caught up in the past, you can't love in the now. Amen? So that's what this scripture is, is leading us. The first thing is we got to change our focus. And we got to focus on the now. Amen? All right. Now, the children of Israel had many victories in the past. They left Egypt. They were able to be led through the wilderness, fed in the wilderness, guided in the wilderness. And also living out God's promises by, con by conquering and entering into the land of Canaan. But now they are in captivity. All their previous victories were, done, were doing nothing for them to set them free now. They needed a new work, a new miracle, a new victory. The question isn't what has God done. The question must be what is God doing right now? What is, what is it that you want him to do in your life right now? Amen. Do you have anything you want God to do in your life right now? Amen. I, I know I do. 
Amen. Even though life were good like right now and I'm smiling right now, but I still need some things worked out in my life. I still got some issues that I need God to work on in my life. Amen. So I don't know about you. You may think you got it all together. You know, you, you, you set, you got the name, you got the degree, you got everything working for you. But at the end of the day, the Bible says that we still need Jesus. Amen. We still going to need a savior. We still going to have to bow our knee to, to the king of kings, to the Lord of lords, that every name that's under heaven at one day will bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. So yeah, you, you continue thinking that you straight. Amen. I hope I, that's the, the children language, the young people language. Continue thinking you got it all together. I put it that way. And watch God. Amen. I, you know how I know? It has happened. When you think you got your life is good, you all happy, you all polished, you think you got it going on, and God says, oh, because I ain't done with you. You think you, you good? I'm not done with you yet. And then he's going to sock you. And when he sock you, uh, you, you think that, 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 like, wow, you just, you like, God, you really did that? And what's going to happen is he's trying to get your attention. Because he's trying to deal with you in the now. And because he's trying to deal with you in the now, you can't get caught up in the past. Amen? And sometimes we get caught up thinking about who we are and not letting the, the Holy Spirit clean us up and make us who he wants us to be. Amen? Because at the end of the day, that is not our life. That's what I've learned. That, that I would love to, 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 like last night, I would have loved to have been watching some movies, eating some popcorn. <laughs> You know, chilling, you know, new environment I'm in right now. But I had to be in the Word. But you know what I love about the Word? Is that when you sit there and you read it, you study it, all of a sudden you don't think about the time. And before you know it, you, you're going to bed 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. You got to get back up 4 or 5 in the morning to make sure that you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. But that's how it should be in all of our lives. That, that, that it, Our lives, it's not saying that we can't enjoy life. Amen. I enjoy uh, doing things. I enjoy going to a movie every now and then. I don't go to any crazy ones, but going to a movie, dinner, you, you like doing things, but the things can't control us. Amen. We must have control over those things and we must keep that right relationship with God. Amen. So we got to have a right focus and we can't depend on past victories. All right. Okay. You cannot allow your past failures to possess you also. Amen? Because sometimes we get caught up in our failures. And, and, and the children of Israel felt God miserably. Every time he blessed them with good things, they returned to him evil things. God gave them a temple, and he gave them evil things. And, he, and they gave him idol worship. God gave them truth. They lived and proclaimed a lie. God gave him his commandments, and, he, and they lived like they were suggestions. He gave them commandments, but they were suggestions to the children of Israel. They didn't want to listen. It was just a suggestion on how to live. <laughs> God gave them wealth. They used it to abuse the poor. God gave them himself, and they gave him nothing except rejection. So the children of Israel failed God miserably. And many of us sitting here even today have failed God miserably but what I love about God is Isaiah 55 and 7 says let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him to our God for he will freely pardon amen 
So when we return back to the Lord, I'm pardoned of that crazy thinking or crazy attitude or, or turning my back on God or my past failures. Amen. Uh, one prime example of one who fell God was uh, Peter when he denied Christ three times. And what I mean, that was he felt them. Wouldn't you think that I'm, he checked out that he couldn't do nothing else for God? But the Bible says that when he was filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter one. And at least in a chapter two, he gets up and preaches the first sermon about Jesus Christ. And at that sermon, at the end of that sermon, over 3,000 souls or more were added to the kingdom of God. But he was a failure a little while ago. But when he, got, when he gave himself truly over to God and the Holy Spirit filled him, now he was able to be used by God. God forgot the past, and he took Peter and used him miraculously. And do you think that's just enough? What about Apostle Paul? Now, Apostle Paul was killing people. He wasn't just killing any people, but he was killing Christian people. And God pardoned him in what he only goes on to do, but write half of the New Testament. And it encourages many of us today of his writings. So what am I saying? That any of us in this room, we can fail, but know that God pardons our failure. Amen? And when he pardons our failure, he's pushing us into the new life that he's promised us. Amen? So let's forget the past. Now, also, we can't live on yesterday's faith. Amen. Now, the children of Israel had experienced great spiritual blessings throughout their history, from the first Passover to the crossing of the Red Sea to the conquering of the land of Canaan to the building of the temple. The children of Israel had seen the hand of God at work in and through their lives. Yet their faith and what God had done was, was doing nothing to deliver them from their current present situation. Their old faith was not sufficient enough to deliver them from their present problems. They needed new faith, a new vision for what God could do. They needed a new portion of faith that had brought to pass all the victories from before. Many of, of, many of us, uh, many of can never forget, we can never forget past victories, these are the victories that help build our faith towards the next, vic the next victory in God, as stated before. In Psalms 85, verses 6 and 8, it says, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Amen. Psalms 85, 6 and 8, will you not revive us, revive us again? Amen. Will you not revive us again? How many of us need to be revived again? Will God not revive us again? How many of us, our spirits sometimes get dreary, get down? Even this week, I, 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 I went through something. I was like, man, I haven't heard, felt depression in a while. But something came up, and, and it took me to that place. But God revived me again because I entered into his word. I entered into worshiping. I entered into listening to the things of God and not the things of the world. Because sometimes the things of the world can keep you locked in depression. Amen. So our next step after focusing, we must understand and appreciate embracing the new. We clarify our focus and we discover what God wants to do for us. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it's spring up. Do you not perceive it? I, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Now perceive means definition is to know by seeing. Amen? To know by seeing. 
What do you see when you view your life? Do you see possibilities or problems? Notice what God said. I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The children of Israel had a choice. They could view their past problems or their present. Or they could focus upon what God wanted to do in their lives. And when I looked at it, it came out this way. His way or desert. Streams or wasteland. Which do you want? Do you want to continue walking in the desert? Or do you want to walk in the ways of God out of the desert? Amen. Do you want streams in a wasteland? And when I saw that, that really took me out again. Streams in a wasteland. You know, that's like, like a, a stream in the middle of pollution or a mist of dirt, a mist of trash, a mist of all that's going on in our lives. What God is saying here in his word is that I can provide a stream in your wasteland. So in your desert situation, God is saying, I'm going to make a way out. Not only am I going to make a way out. But if you want a stream, you need something to drink to help you through this. And when I begin to think about it, I said, Lord, that's a drink of the Holy Spirit. Because when you drink of the, the living water, you will never thirst again. So in the middle of my desert, when I take a sip on that Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, I got a way out. All of a sudden, I have streams in a wasteland. All of a sudden, my whole thinking began to change. Your thinking began to change. Now your desert situation don't look too much like a desert no more, do it. Because now all of a sudden, God has came in and transformed your world. Amen? Are you, I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to And when I'm in the desert, I'm, I, I, it's heat. It's pouring on me. Uh, the, the enemy is like got me down. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I begin to think on what God can do. Think on what situation, how he brought us out of the other ones, how he brought us out of this one. And then all of a sudden, he makes your desert. All of a sudden, he makes it a clear plan. Amen. All of a sudden, he makes it clear and gives you a drink of water to drink in it. To drink in it. Amen. All right. So you must first see yourself as God sees you. The children of Israel felt as though they were getting just what they deserved because of the way they had lived. Some even believed that God would never do, have done anything uh, with them, but they were wrong. You may feel like your past has made your life a wasteland, but in God, your life can become a stream of life. Amen. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me, has set me free from the law of sin and death. Amen? Therefore, there is no more condemnation. Were you free? I'm free. When we come into Jesus, all the condemnation, all what the devil is trying to put on us, we don't have to worry about that no more because God has set us free from that life of sin and death. Because that's where we were going if we did not accept Jesus into our lives. If, we, if he didn't come in and cleanse us and wash us and put us back in right standing with our father, sin was going to lead us to death. And, and I always get this saying, and I even said it initially, that I never sinned. I really never did much. You know, I never really got in trouble. But at the end of the day, you got to forget that we're, we're, we're born under Adam. Amen. And just because we're part of Adam's DNA, sin is inherited in us. You may think that you 
are okay, that you don't sin, that you don't need a savior. But at the end of the day, in order to get back in right standing with God, blood had to be shed. And that blood was the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of this blood, there is no more sin. There is no more death. I don't have to look forward to dying. I can look forward to living. Even though we're going to get old and we're going to leave this place, but your spirit man is going to be so happy. Your spirit man is going to be like, I'm leaving this place finally. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going on to glory. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. I, somebody said, you know, they want to ask Jesus all these questions. Ask God. Look, I'm glad I'm in. Amen. No more knee problems. No more back problems. No more uh, issues with this one, issues with that one. All of a sudden, you're in the presence of God. All of a sudden, you're worshiping the Lord and Savior. All of a sudden, the one that died for you, you're in his presence now. And you're going to be worrying about questions? I'm going to be worrying about worship. Amen. I just want to love on you, God. I want to thank you that you have taken me out of this world, and now I'm in this world for eternity. Because if I did not accept your son, I was headed to a, a, a bad place. I was headed to a place where, where, where there is no laughter. I was headed to a place where there's only pain. There's only grief. There's only sorrow. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ that he placed over our lives, all of a sudden now we can look forward to death because we're going to leave this crazy world and we're going to become of the become part of God's world. Amen? All right, Colossians 1, 21 and 22 says this, and you were who was once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Amen? That's awesome. I'm being, I'm being presented, you being presented blameless because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? So what we did yesterday, God has washed it. It's done. It's over with. We want to know what God wants to do now. Amen? So we have to start seeing the new possibilities of what God can do in our lives. So I asked the question, what do you see in your life today? Do you see possibilities? Or do you see destruction? Amen? What do you see in your life? Are you excited about your future? Are you excited about what God is doing in your life? Or you still need some progress? You still need some growth? You still need some, some encouragement? You still need, or you probably haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. But I'm here to tell you today, if you accept him as your personal Savior, your life will never be the same. And when I say that, that you're going to still have heartache. You're going to have some pain. You're going to have some loss. But what makes us different from the world is that because of Jesus Christ, we can get through a loss. We can get through the pain. We can get through the anguish. We can get through it without having to go smoke a joint. We can get through it without having to go uh, sip on some VO or, or whatever it may be. We don't have to do that. We can sip on the wine of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we can get drunk. Amen. We can get drunk. Amen. I remember my uncles, they be all tore up, all around the house, tripping. I remember those days. But how many know that you can get drunk in the Holy Spirit? But you don't know where you at, what time of day it is. All of a sudden, you're in the presence of God. You forget about everything, and you, and you, you lose where you at. So that's like a, being drunk. Amen. But we want to be drunk on the right spirit. Amen. Not the spirit, as they call it. And I never really knew until later in life. When they, the liquor store, and they, you know, they, some of them are called spirits. <laughs> because you go in and you buy spirits. 
and you sipping on them and not even knowing <laughs> you sipping on the spirit. <laughs> Amen. All right. Let's, let's, let's get done. Okay. God is able to transform the desert areas of our lives into fields of blessings and abundance. God can take a dried up useless life and transform it into the life of purpose and grace. Second uh, Corinthians 3, 17, 18 says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces are reflect, all reflect the, the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever, ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Now, the greatest step to embracing a new thing God wants to do in our lives is we must commit ourselves to God's plan. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Amen. So how many of you know that we must embrace the plans of God. Amen. And when I know a lot of us, even I was sharing with my daughter, she was asking me some questions about how do we know God's wills for our life? And how do we know that we're doing what God wants us to do? I'm reminded of, of uh, a book I read, uh, 21 Infallible Laws of Leadership. And in this book, John Maxwell was saying that, you know, when you're in God's will, when everything you do, brings you joy when everything you do God's gonna get the glory out of it you're gonna know when you're in God's will when 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 you're not concerned about the outcome of your own life but you are in connection with God's will so when you wake up all of a sudden you're thinking about God's plan God order my steps today the Bible tells us that our steps are ordered by the Lord amen so so if he's ordering my steps he's putting me in position to be a blessing to somebody else and as we read on Sundays in our prosperity confession he's putting people in place to be a blessing to us so so what am I saying that that we must let God's will and his plan develop in our lives if 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 I if I told you 20 something years ago that I'll be standing in front of you I would have said no because the thinking back then where I'm from was get on the back of a trash truck they didn't tell us about education they didn't tell us about going to college just because you could play basketball they make sure that you had everything you had the new sneaks you had the new uniform you had a new sweatsuit but nobody talked about education Nobody talked about finances. Nobody talked about a checkbook. No one talked about a family. So all these different things, in my mind, I should be lost. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ and his plan, so when I felt, got a hold of Psalms 139, when it tells us that we are skillfully and we are wonderfully, and, 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 and he made us with great joy, and he knows everything about us, all of a sudden my whole mindset changed. No longer am I from Washington, D.C., but now I'm a part of the kingdom of God. That's royalty. You're royalty. You may think because you live in the ghetto where you live, wherever you may live, that it ain't royalty. You may not have a Rolls Royce. You may not be chauffeured around. But how many know that you are royalty? Because we're part of a different kingdom. So because I'm part of a different kingdom, now I can think and operate not as the world. 
And that's what God is saying to us now, that we shouldn't be operating like the world. We should be operating as if we are part of the kingdom of God. We shouldn't be asking the world to get us out of debt. We need to be asking God for a plan on how he can get us out of our situation. We should be asking God on how to help these uh, battered women that are getting beat every day that don't get the limelight that just happened with the Ray Rice situation. We're not demeaning that situation, but think about the countless women that go to bed every night beat and, and kicked and bruised that don't even get that, that haven't even been talked about but because of this situation everything but it's only reflecting on one couple but we need help these women need help our girls need help even though the pregnancy the teen pregnancy rate is going down that is a great thing. But now most of the girls are now turning to homosexuality. They, they, it, it ain't that the pregnancy went down. It's because they switched genders and you can't get pregnant because it ain't God's plan. Ah, so what am I saying? Let's try God's way. And when we try God's way, I can stand here, pastor and overseer can stand here, and many of us in here can attest that if we do it God's way, that it's you going to be blessed. You're going you to be blessed and not stressed. Amen? If you want to stay stressed, keep doing it your way. <laughs> keep doing it your way. And if you keep doing it your way, it's been about 20 years doing it the old way. Ain't nothing changed. You go home, it's the same old, same old. You wake up, it's the same old, same old. You go to work, it's the same old, same old. But how many know that God is saying that I can do a new thing? It ain't going to be the same old, same old if you just allow God to operate his plan in our lives. Amen? I'm excited. And if you're not, God bless you. But I'm going to stay excited. You're not going to take my joy. And and if you want some of this joy, try God. Amen? Try God and not the bar. Try God and not a date. Try God and not the joint. Try God and not some other church. Try God and watch what happens. Your whole world will begin to change because you have changed the direction and the focus of your life. You're not focused no longer on the past, the past failures, the past victories, but you're focused on what God wants to do here and now in our lives. Amen? If you want the here and now, could you just stand to your feet and just give God a hand praise? Amen? Amen. If you want the now, let God know you want the now. Amen. Let God know the past is not good enough no more. Let God know past failures are not good enough no more. But let him know that I want the now, God. I want to know what you want to do in my life today. Not just today, but every hour, every minute. God, what you want me to do tomorrow? He can let you know. And the whole thing is, you must be obedient to what the Spirit tells you. And understand that the Spirit is not saying to you what it wants to say, but it's saying what God has sent it to say to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.